0: Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers and I am your host. And this is a podcast that goes out every Monday. And the idea is to try and talk simply about the things of the Christian faith in a way that help us grow and flourish as disciples of Jesus. And in today's episode, I've entitled it Five Life Lessons from Jesus. There's a lot of stuff that Jesus says and he teaches that we we really do take as it. This is a teaching from Jesus. And then there are principles and things that Jesus does, and side comments, and other ways that he references things that I think when you bring them together, you see that Jesus is living his life with a set of life. Lessons, And I think they're the kind of things that if we can implement them into our lives, we would be happier people, more joy-filled people, encouraged people, inspired people, more passionate people, and we will be living out Jesus very clearly. So friends, in today's episode, we are going to look at the five life lessons of Jesus as we find them in the Gospels. So friends, welcome to this episode of Making Disciples. I am so pleased that you are here. I'd love to ask you to subscribe. I'd love to ask you to like this episode and share this episode, particularly if you find it helpful. So here we go. Five life lessons of Jesus. Here we go. Five life lessons of Jesus. Uh, the first life lesson that I'd love to explore with us is simply this. Love yourself. If We're honest with ourselves. Many of us uh, really don't like ourselves a great deal. Many of us think that God maybe tolerates us. Maybe we think that God's just a little bit of embarrassed about us we find it really hard sometimes to love ourselves in the way that maybe God wants us to love ourselves. We just cannot see uh, the goodness in us. We we know that we're failures. We, we know that we have fallen short. Unless you are somebody who is so self-absorbed and you cannot, you can't see this, then most of us, I would say, struggle to love ourselves. Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. 39, Jesus says this, Love your neighbour as ourselves or love our neighbour as ourselves. And I wonder for many of us if we actually love our neighbours more than we love ourselves. I I wonder if we actually love our neighbours or love those around us more than we love ourselves. And in fact, if we were to love our neighbours as much as we loved ourselves, we may end up finding that we're not loving our neighbours very much at all. Uh, So how much do you love yourself? I want to get you to think about this for a moment. How do you feel about yourself? And Jesus's life lesson here for you and I is love yourself. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. So love yourself, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Some of us might need to hear this. Love yourself as much as you love your neighbor. Uh, I think that could be a bit of a flip for some of us. Love yourself as much as you love others. And Jesus said, this is Matthew 7, Jesus also said, So in everything do to others what you would hate them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. In everything do to others uh, what you would have them do to you. Some of us have such low expectations on ourselves. We devalue ourselves so much. If we were to actually love others like we love love ourselves as much as we love others, it'd be pretty pitiful if we're we're honest. So my first life lesson for us is if you want to live a more fulfilled life, then learn to love yourself. Learn to see what God sees in you. Learn to see what Jesus sees in you. Learn to see what Jesus on the cross thought was worth dying for. Jesus dies on the cross for valuable things. You are valuable to him. He loved you so much that he dies on the cross. For God so loved you that he dies for you on the cross. Life lesson number one, learn to love yourself. Learn to care for yourself. Love to see, uh, learn to see yourself the way that God wishes you to see yourself. You are a prince and a princess. You are a prince and a princess. He sees you as treasured possessions. You might see a bit of dirt. You might look in the mirror and see something that that you think is ugly something that is deformed. You might look in the mirror and look away as fast as you can. You may not even look in the mirror because you can't stand what you see. You may get a glimpse of yourself in a shop window and think, gosh, is that really what I look like? Uh, See yourself as God sees you, as a prince and a princess, valuable, worth loving, worth Dying for. And it may be that you need to ask God to show you how He sees you. If you struggle to look in the mirror, if you struggle to love yourself, uh, and you spend all of your time and your energy engaging with others as a way of distracting yourself from yourself, maybe say, God, show me what you see. Show me what you see. Now, one of the ways that you might do this is you might get yourself a mirror. Get yourself a comfy chair. You might sit and look in that mirror for a significant chunk of time. You might start by noticing all the blemishes. You may notice that you've got wonky eyes. You may notice that your ears aren't quite the same size. I've got two ears that don't match. One sticks out more than another. One's got a slightly funny shape to it. I could look at my ears for a period of time. But once you've gone past all of those things, all the things that are wonky, all the things that you are bothered by, then say, God, keep showing me what you see and keep going, keep looking at your face. Start noticing the details of it. Start noticing uh, the, the intriguing bits about it that makes you you. And say, God, show me how much you love me. Show me how I should love myself. And of course, it's not just about what your face looks like or how big your bum is or your belly. This is about loving you, what's on the outside and what is on the inside. Love yourself, all parts of who you are. Don't allow what somebody else has said about you to shape how you see you. Let God, the ultimate voice, shape how you see you. So out of my first five uh, life lessons of Jesus, my first one would be this. Learn to love yourself as much as you love others you love your neighbour, you love your friends, your family, learn to love yourself in the same way. First life lesson. Second life lesson. If you want to thrive as a follower of Jesus, then love yourself. Secondly, learn to feed yourself. Too often we want somebody else to feed us. We want to be like a little bird with our mouth open and we want somebody to come with a little spoon uh, to feed us. We want to be fed by somebody else. If you want to thrive, Feed yourself. Learn to feed yourself. Luke five sixteen, it says this, Jesus went to a quiet place to pray. I don't think when Jesus went to a quiet place to pray, he just prayed. I think he was meditating on uh, what he would call the word of God. Uh, Jesus didn't have the Bible like we have the Bible. He memorized it. And uh, having memorized it, he would meditate on it and chew on it and ponder on it and think on it he would be feeding himself from what he has learned from that scripture uh, we don't memorize in the same way uh, so we have to put in time to spend time with it and to be fed by it so if you want to thrive as a disciple uh, Jesus's second life lesson would this become a self-feeder find ways of you thriving uh, reading the Bible. And this comes up a lot in making disciples. In the podcast, I feel like I talk about it quite a lot. But to be fair, if you are not uh, praying daily, reading your Bible daily and uh, speaking to God in terms of letting him speak to you daily, uh, there is a massive danger that everything else out there wants to shape you and form you. Uh, The world wants you to make a disciple of it. And if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to take time to be with Jesus. Um, So, Jesus' second life lesson is that he went off to a quiet place regularly to pray. This is what we see Jesus doing. Your time with God is fuel for your life. Your time with God is fuel for your life. If you want a fire to burn brightly, you need fuel. If you want to run a marathon, you've got to put the fuel in your belly. Uh, What you consume is is fuel for your life. And if you want to have a life that is thriving with God, uh, a life thriving with the blessings of God, I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here or anything, just thriving because God's presence is with you. Uh, the, the word blessed in the Bible is a beautiful picture. It's a picture of us being held in the hands of God. So the word blessed, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who mourn. The, the word there, blessed, is actually a picture. It's a picture of God holding you in, in, in his hands. If you want to be held in the hands of God, you've got to get into the place where you're held by the hands of God. So we have to learn to become self-feeders. And this is what we see Jesus do. He daily retreated with his father to pray, to meditate on scripture, to hear God's voice. And we need exactly the same. We need to become self-feeders. There was nobody saying to Jesus, Jesus, it's uh, Bible study time now. Come on. We need to be mature enough that we take ourselves off to find time. And it is really hard. Work out your way of doing it. Work out your way of doing it. But Jesus' second life lesson is become a self-feeder. Third life lesson that I think we see in in Jesus. Uh, Jesus says this, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. I want to call this third life lesson, be real and authentic. Be real and authentic. Be the real you, not the projection of who you want to be seen as. Being somebody else, playing somebody else is exhausting. And if you spend your life trying to be somebody that others will like, enjoy being around, you will become exhausted. Because being somebody else is exhausting because it's actually called acting. And if you're acting at being yourself... You're playing someone else and you are exhausted. So learn to be yourself. And when Jesus says that your yes be a yes and your no be a no, I love that line. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. What Jesus is saying is be authentic. If your yes is yes, stick to it. If your no is a no, stick to it. Do what you say you're going to do. Be authentic. Don't lie about it. Don't say you're going to do something, then then don't. Don't try to perform in a way that others will like. Be authentic you. Be content in your skin and be willing to say things as they are. Now, when I say be, say things as they are, what I don't mean is it is okay for you to be rude. Sometimes people um, say they're being off. I'm just being authentic. I'm just being the real me. No, you're just being rude, actually. And uh, and that may be the authentic you. But that's certainly not cool. Uh, I'm not giving permission for you to be obnoxious and rude and pass it off as authenticity. What I'm saying is be the real. You don't perform, but be you. If there are parts of the real you that need dealing with, though, then then get some friends around you to help deal with those things. Don't pass it off as "Oh, I'm just being me. It's just who I am." I I've had so many people who say to me, um, "I'm not being rude, but you know the but means you're basically gonna you're gonna be rude." Although I say things like, "This is just what I think. It's my view. I'm just being real with you." You, you just being really rude with me, actually. Uh, So I'm not giving any uh, credence to that at all. But learn to be the real you, not needing anything else. Uh, So just a couple of thoughts, really, on that. Being uh, perfect is unrealistic. The real you is not going to be perfect every day. The real you is not going to be the person that you go out with, all the makeup on and the hair done. Some of us say, I feel more confident when I go out with my hair done and my makeup done and my nails done or wearing the right shirt uh, or wearing nice training, I feel no. You, you feel often when you're wearing those things, what you feel is 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 content because you're not having to be the real you. You can be the pre- this presented you, the authentic, real you. This is who we saw in Jesus, the authentic and real you. And being perfect is unrealistic. So delete the idea of being perfect. The real you is not perfection. The real you is a broken, messed up person, but it's fragile and beautiful and compelling. The real you is exactly who Jesus loved when he died on the cross for you. The real you is the real you that he absolutely adores. So stop trying to convince people who you are. Just be the real you, the you without the mask on. Now, at the moment, we need to wear masks. Uh, When I talk about masks, I'm talking about presenting something that isn't you. The second thing I'd say on that is this. um, You can't make everyone happy. Uh, You can't make everyone happy. Uh, And if you're trying to make everybody happy, you're not going to be the real you. You're going to do what you think they want you to do or what they want you to say. Being the real you, the yes you, the yes and yes, and the no is no you, will mean sometimes saying things that others don't like. And the way you say it is actually more important. So uh, rather than saying, it's just who I am, just say, actually, this is what I think. I'm not sure, actually, this is in my authenticness. I'm not cool with that. I don't think that's that's okay. And there's a way of being authentic without being rude. So my, my third life lesson of Jesus' is, is be real and authentic. Be yes is yes and your no is no. Present people for who you are with no masks on. Uh, my fourth thing that I want to draw from the life of Christ uh, that I would say is one of Jesus' life lessons is this. Make your life about God's goals and not about you pursuing happiness. I'm trying to explain this. Make your life about God's goals and not you pursuing happiness. I think if Jesus lived his life in the pursuit of happiness, he would not have toured around on foot in very rocky locations. He would have not headed towards the cross. He would have not spoken out about injustice and religious atrocity. He wouldn't have hung there for humanity. He wouldn't have been in the Garden of Gethsemane crying uh, with with uh, blood tearing from his forehead. If Jesus pursued happiness, his life would have looked very different. He'd have bought a house on the coastal plains of Galilee. Uh, he'd have set himself up a little business carving wood and he'd have kept his head down. Uh, when we make happiness our God... We'll ultimately be unhappy because we're living out of sync with God. But when we make God the one that we pursue, when we take our career and align it with what God is doing in the world, walking in sync with God, uh, then we will find true contentment because we're walking in the right direction with the God who is at work with us. So make your life about, don't make your life about being happy. Make your life simply about working out God's mission for your life. So if you are an accountant, do that aligned with God's mission and vision for the world. and Then you'll be happy and content. If you're a nurse, do it aligned with God's mission and vision for the world. And then you'll be happy and content. If you're a teacher, align your career not with a trajectory Uh, about going up a ladder and becoming more important, align yourself with the vision of God's mission on planet Earth to love the last, the least and the lost. You may then become something more and work up a ladder. Uh, But actually what you'll find contentment in is not how high you go on the ladder, but simply in that you are now doing what God wants you to do in the world. So make your life about God's goals and God's mission. Why does Jesus retreat in prayer every day? It's so he's making sure he's aligned with God's goals and mission. And he's partnering his life up with the life of God. And he's working with God as a co-conspirator in his kingdom work. And God wants you to be a co-conspirator with him. If you make making money your goal for your life, you will never be happy you'll never have enough. If you make your goal about becoming a manager or managing others, you'll never be happy because there's always another tier or a level. If your life is about becoming powerful, you will always be disappointed. But if you make your life mission to work with God in his mission, then you will be content and happy. So make your life about God's goals and not about you pursuing happiness. And my fifth um, what well, you know life lesson from Jesus would be this start admiring and enjoying the small things if you want to be content and happy in life start appreciating the small things in life so let me give you a couple of examples Matthew 6 28 Jesus says look at the flowers look at the flowers." Then he goes on, Jesus stopped his disciples in the middle of the road and said, stop, listen, do you hear the birds singing? See how God takes care of them. Stop, listen to the birds. Take note of the small things. Notice the birds in the tree. Notice the flowers growing in the grass. Notice the beetle crawling on the ground. Spot the small things in life. On a morning when you wake up and you make yourself that cup of coffee, appreciate the beauty found in that one cup of coffee as if it's the last cup of coffee you are ever going to drink. Appreciate the small things. One of the things for me that lockdown has done, it's forced me to appreciate people that I would say I had forgotten to appreciate People on the edge of my life that have somehow drifted out. Friendships that I haven't spoken to for a while. And God has said to me, remind, remind me, watch out for the small things. Take note of the small things. Look at the flowers. Look at the birds. Look at the beetles. Spot the clouds. See the colour of the grass. Have you seen the sky recently? Enjoy the small things. When the crowd were pushing Jesus towards the big city, Jesus says, let's go to the small villages. Mark 1, The world is pushing us bigger, 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 bigger. See the bigger thing. See the bigger thing. And Jesus is saying, let's go to the village. Let's go to the town. Let's go to the little place. Let's go to the spot that others have forgotten about. Those little treasures, those little gems that we've almost forgotten about go to the small places this is where Jesus lived his life in the small places this was the focus of Jesus's ministry the small places Jesus spends a lot of time walking between Galilee and Jerusalem there aren't many big spots between Galilee and Jerusalem they're small towns they're small villages they're little b&b's they're friends around tables uh, this is where Jesus spends his ministry. This is where he spends his life, on the roadside with the individual, with a woman at a well. And Jesus says, I am thirsty. He seeks the small things, and in the small things he finds the big, beautiful things. Can you stop your life and spot the small things? And the question for us going out of lockdown is are we going to slow our lives enough so we see the small things? So friends, five life lessons for Jesus. One, love yourself. Two, feed yourself. Three, be realistic and authentic with your life. Four, make your life about living out God's goals. Pursue his goals, not happiness goals. And five, stop and admire the small things. I'd love to ask you, what would you add in? What have I missed? What have you said? Actually, Chris, I would want to add this life lesson in from the life of Jesus. Leave me a comment. Send me a tweet at at Rabbi Rogers. I would love to hear from you. What have I missed? What is your thoughts? What would you add? What do you disagree with? This is a conversation I am not a dictator. So tell me what you would like to add into this conversation about the life lessons learnt by Jesus. So friends, I pray that you've found that really helpful. Uh, Thank you for spending this short time with me. Do like this episode and share this episode. And until next time, grace and peace.